Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is great to be back. <clears throat> great to be back. It's great to it's great to see Jessica. How are you this morning? It's great to see you, <laughs> Jenny and Jan. Welcome. It's nice to see those wonderful faces. So, anyway, it's great to be back. I'll tell you what. There's no place like home, and there's no place like family. And I have uh, uh, missed so many. I'm still missing many. I haven't seen Brian Bragg in over a month. You know my life has to be pretty boring if I haven't seen Brian Bragg in over a month. You only need one dose of Brian Bragg and your life is no longer boring. You know, so, uh, but there's still, there's still so many that I haven't uh, seen yet. So I'm hoping the sickness that's been going around goes away. And uh, that, it sounds kind of crazy, but... You know, the celebrations that are all over the place now during this time of the year. It, we're pulled in every different direction. And it's hard to choose. And I understand that completely. But I just love family. And I was driving out here. My wife was driving out here. Uh, or no, I was driving out here. I guess I was zoning out. Anyway, when I was zoning out, I'm glad I made it. How many stop lights were there? <laughs> I just thinking about how, how awesome it is to come and just hang out. It's just a wonderful thing, so I'm so thankful. I know that there's nowhere in the Bible that says you're supposed to go hang out with people, but uh, gathering together, I suppose, might be the one. So with that, a couple of quick announcements. I have them written here somewhere. Uh, there we go. Uh, tonight, uh, the New Year's Eve celebration, family celebration for uh, uh, the body of Christ here, uh, begins at 4 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll go till oh, about 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. We're not staying until midnight, that's for sure. Absolutely not. We don't want to be on the road with all the crazies. We don't want to be some of the crazies on the road. So <laughs> we want to be off the road before the crazies get out there. Uh, evening assemblies uh, will uh, be at the Compton's place in the month of January. But not tonight. Tonight will be here. And next week it will be here as well. And I'm asking you to bring finger foods and snacky stuff tonight because we're going to have games. And, you know, someone's going to hang out and, and my dad used to call it chewing the fat. We'll basically be talking and stuff like that. But some of us will be playing games. I might even get sucked into a game so I can be the loser because everybody loves a loser, right? <laughs> and so uh, I might do that or to be a victim. Uh, but next week we're having uh, Jeremiah and Brittany uh, Hostetter here. and. Jeremiah. I said Jeremiah. Yeah, no, Brittany. Huh. No kids? No, just Jeremiah. Huh. Okay, well, we're going to have Jeremiah Hostetter uh, here. I was totally stoked. I'm still totally stoked, but not as much. If you met Brittany, you know why. She's a really amazing person. Anyway, so we're going to have him here, and we're going to have finger food and stuff like that. And uh, he's going to do a presentation on uh, his work in France. Now, some of us don't know Jeremiah very well. I know him a little bit. I met him in Ghana, West Africa. He was here many years ago when he was a little kid, uh, when his dad Jeff was here in the family. Uh, but I do know several things from what I've read, and also, too, many of us know the Kaikulas. Uh, I trust the Kaikulas uh, implicitly and explicitly that they really are super supportive of them. And they're really tied in with them. And so they're coming because Alvador has invited them. And I figured if they're here, I better get a piece of the action. And so I hope you'll want to be here as well. 
to learn about what they're doing in France. And here's the cool thing about what they're doing. France is predominantly Catholic, but transitioning to Muslim. As is many European nations, sadly. But the beauty of it is, is that you only need a, a beachhead for the Christ church to pierce the darkness. And they have opportunities, some really great opportunities to do that. They're a young family, they got lots of energy, and uh, they're really tearing it up for the Lord over there. So my prayer is that we would uh, all come out uh, next uh, Sunday evening out here, gather together, enjoy family time, but have him present and share what share what he's doing. Yes? On that same token, for those that want to meet him and spend some time, we're going to have a potluck at our house Saturday night ah. to meet him as well, Saturday at 5. Saturday at 5 at the Parks House to spend time with... Is it Jeremiah only? Just Jeremiah. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk with him. Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking with that guy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so 5 o'clock Saturday, if you want to come out, probably people, if it's a potluck, should let you know that they're coming and bring something with them. Yeah, just eh? bring something. They don't have to let them know they're coming. Oh, just bring something? You don't have to let them in? Okay. You have to. Good. All right. That's, that's, okay, Jeff has to, but nobody else. All right. Got it. All right, so uh, uh, happy birthday to Miriam Kirkpatrick. Uh, I'm going to sing you happy birthday. Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Jessica, do you have a birthday coming up this week? When is your birthday? July. July? Are you going to be here in July? Yes, she is. She's moving here in February. <laughs> Serious? All right, we'll save to sing happy birthday to you in July. Okay, how's that sound? Here we go. That was kind of a railroad on that one. But anyway, we won't sing you happy birthday until you're here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Wouldn't it be terrible if Jesus said, you're doing a really rotten job as a church. You stink. You know why you stink? Well, I'm glad that some of you were not here last week because that was the message. Man, I am so thankful that we do not, in any way, shape, or form, look like the church in Smyrna. I mean, you know I'm preaching through the different churches, and I'm telling you what, the church of Smyrna looked exactly like the world. They were apathetic about anything to stand up for the faith with strong conviction. They were like this dead fish. And he actually says that. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Wow, wouldn't that be great for Jesus to say, hey, church, you're dead. You're like a dead fish. They are useless. You're saying Jesus actually said that? Well, go back and read it. Or go back and listen to my lesson. You're saying, wow, that's terrible. Why did I come today? Well, if you did say that, this is the day to be here. I want you all to sing with me a little song. Acapella. Did Heidi, you're looking, look at Heidi. I don't know if I want to. Heidi, you know this song. You know this song. You probably sang it when you were a little kid. Okay, I haven't sang it recently, but I know you remember the lyrics. Are you ready? I'll lead, and then you can follow. That is if you want to. Okay? Here we go. Oh, by the way, this is the song 
This is the song for the church at Philippi. Here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Don't you remember this song? Okay. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And the best part is I know all the motions. Oh, do you? <laughs> come on, Mr. Brown, come on up. He is a red. All right. Well, I have to share with you, this is an amazing group of Christian men and women. They are living the standard of Jesus Christ. They were living according to his will. And people see it. And there are other people who are not living it that hate them and are trying to bring them down. But the beauty of it is, is they put their hope, their faith, and they cling to the strength of Jesus Christ and not their own. Let's read. Revelation chapter 3, beginning there in verse 7. Powerful, powerful, powerful picture. If you want to be like one of the seven churches, really need to focus here on this passage of Scripture. And just do more digging on what the Scripture is actually teaching. Because there's a ton more than what I really have time to communicate today in regards to Jesus' love for this church and why. Verse 7. And to the angel or to the preacher at the church of Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those who are of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing or the hour of temptation, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who, uh, to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly, behold, or excuse me, I'm coming quickly, hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from there anymore, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. He who has an ear to let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father, in the, in the 20, 25 minutes that we have, I pray that I might be able to communicate the amazing message of love, the great calling for this church to remain faithful. Father, especially during the great time of trial and temptation that's coming upon the earth, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would have us listen as Jesus is beckoning 
to the Pleasant Hill congregation. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. As I shared last week, I do not believe that the Church of Smyrna is found here. I do not believe there's anybody here that's apathetic. I believe the people are working to invest their special giftedness to build the kingdom. And I really appreciate that. And as we discover our strengths, as we discover our ability to help others grow, as the more we will invest ourselves, the greater the body will be strong. Now let's take a look this morning really quickly in verse 7. Verse 7 is actually talking about Jesus Christ, as you might know. He who is holy and who is true. Interestingly enough, at the very end of the book of Revelation, we see Jesus riding on a great white steed, and on his thigh is the name of faithful and true. This is talking about Jesus, the one who is holy as his father is holy. Now, it's interesting, it says, um, who has the key of David. If we go back and look at Isaiah 22 and verse 22, I have that listed there. You can look back at it a little bit later. It's actually talking about those who are of faith come through the family line of King David. Those who are of faith come through the family line of Abraham, the family line of King David, the family line of Jesus Christ. It's talking about opening the door to the family of God. And here's the beautiful thing about it. When we transition now to point number one, Jesus says, I know your deeds. Now, he doesn't define the deeds because I have to share with you that their deeds are complete. Their deeds are complete, but they are growing in those. And I'll show you how I came to that conclusion. Look at verse 8. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now there's three things that he talks about there. But he begins by saying, I have opened a door to you. Do you remember the ten virgins? The ten virgins? The parable? Ten of them. Five of them are very prudent. They make sure that their lamps are filled with oil. Are you and I working to be sure that we are filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit and his word? Those people there in the city of uh, Philadelphia were. And he's opened the door wide open to them. Now remember, he opened the door to everyone, but the other five virgins were not ready. They had not filled their lamps with oil. They were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were not growing in faith. They were not manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. So they went to get ready, and when they were gone, the door was closed, and they're knocking on the door because they weren't ready. They weren't living the life. They weren't walking by the Spirit according to the Word of God. By the way, if you remember in Noah's day, who closed the door on the ark? God closed the door on the ark. Now, who all got into the ark? The ones who had been preparing for a hundred years for the salvation that God called them to. The Bible gives us the blueprint for the beautiful ark called the church, the family of God, those who are children of God. And so, at some point in time, the door is going to close. Right now, the door is open to anyone who will do God's will. 
But that's the key, doing God's will. Well, let's take a look as I continue to try to help you understand that's what's really talked about here. I know your deeds. Behold, I put open uh, before you a door which no one can shut because you have a little power. Because you have a little power, huh? You know what? People are trying to get into heaven on their own power, on their own good works. In my case, on my own good looks, ain't going to work. See? You see, you do not have it within yourself. You need the strength that only God can provide. And I wrote this little statement down. See, the brethren there were striving to do the will of God, as Romans 12 says. Therefore, it says, Therefore, I urge you, my brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. And he goes on to say, And do not be conformed to this world, but are you ready? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The new standard of who you are is found here. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you might prove, do, the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, these people were investing themselves in the word so that they could do what God had called them to do and to be the kind of people that he had called them to be. You know, I've, you've heard me say this so many before. I, uh, before I kind of talk about harping on you to read the word of God every day. But you've got to do more than that I've talked about recently. You have to actually understand how it applies to you and your life and how you would live it out in the many relationships that you have in your life. Because remember, you can only take people to heaven. You can't take anything else. And so our relationships are fundamentally, critically important in how we treat people. These people were a people excelling in fulfilling the will of God. Very, very powerful. But then he also says in this passage of scripture, and I know you know this one, go with me to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians in chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This is an amazing passage. How many think the Apostle Paul was like a super strong Christian man? Matt, Matt, that guy was like rocking it, wasn't he? Well, notice what he says. I mean, I think the Apostle Paul was a very wise man. Notice what he says here. Especially during times of great trial and tribulation in his life. He says in, in verse 9, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How is that possible? I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I think, you know what? I know the Bible. I know I got it all covered. I'll just do it. I know what I'm doing. Did you hear all the problems in that statement? Instead of recognizing when the persecutions come, I probably don't have everything I need to make it through. The Apostle Paul is admitting that he doesn't. He has to rely on the strength of God. You know, when a person is humble enough to recognize that, then they're going to call out for God. They're going to seek God. The sad thing is, it might be too late when the crush comes. In fact, it probably will be too late when the crush comes. We should be doing that right now. 
getting prepared right now, doing the will of God right now, as we will see. And then if we go back to that, that verse 8, it says, you have little power and have kept my word. Wow, I've kept my word. That word, tarot, is the Greek word there. It means to guard in the sense of fulfilling a military command, to hold fast your stated position, to achieve an objective. Let me say that again. I know I like military stuff. I get kind of, kind of, when I talk military stuff. But that's what this is right here. And it's not just for the manly man. It's for the courageous woman of virtue. For all of us, this is the statement. They kept the word, the word of God. It means to guard in the sense of fulfilling a military command. To hold fast your stated position to achieve the generals or the, the objective of the commander. So my question is, is are you studying the word of God to know what he's commanding you to do? And you're going to hold that position until he comes back or until the objective of King Jesus has been fulfilled. Again, it goes back to the word of God. It goes back to saying, oh, this is who I am in Christ and I will stand my ground. I will be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord in fulfilling his will. In the middle of battle, it's only those who are going to continue to move forward who will not be seen as cowards. Remember the cowardly and the unbelieving? Do they make it? What does the Bible say? They won't. These people were steadfast, moving forward, even in the face of of some pretty horrific persecution that we're going to read about in just a moment. Finally, you have not denied my name. Turn with me to the book of Matthew in chapter 10. Listen to what Jesus says here. I mean, this applies to all of us. We should never deny his name. Are you a Christian? Yeah, absolutely, positively. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. You really believe all that junk? First of all, it's not junk, and yes, I believe every word. Because I am convinced that God wrote it, and he created me, and it's the blueprint for my life. Now you're saying, you never say that. I hope you never say that about yourself or anybody else. We are called to embrace it as truth and live it as truth. So we change the nature of who we were to become like the nature of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Let us always be courageous in speaking our mind about who Jesus is. The word there means to disavow. We don't want to disavow King Jesus. Matthew 10, beginning there in verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. And Luke says, I'll confess him before the angels in heaven. But look at the next part, verse 33. But whoever denies, same exact word, whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Did Judas deny Jesus Christ? Actually, he betrayed him, he denied him who he was, and he gave him up. Did Peter? He did too. But who repented and who did not? If you're embarrassed about the name of Jesus right now, if you're not willing to be openly Christian right now, if you're ashamed, the Bible says, he will be ashamed of you on the last day. 
No, we have what people desperately want and desire. They just don't know it because they've been so indoctrinated. And so it's important for us to realize that we have the life and the answers for people who are desperate to get out of the craziness of this world. These people were doing it, unashamed, unabashed, courageous, fulfilling the word and the will of God. But look at the next verse. It's kind of a kind of rugged here, verse 9. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. The synagogue of Satan. What is the synagogue of Satan? Well, what's a synagogue? A synagogue is a training center. You know, a synagogue is just teaching people about God, or that's what it was. A true synagogue should do that. But a synagogue is a place of teaching. The synagogue of Satan, then, is what? A place of teaching where they're not teaching about God correctly. They're teaching some errant teaching about who God is. Well, here's the interesting thing. Did you know that anybody who is a true Christian is a son or daughter of Abraham? Did you know that? You can go back to Galatians chapter 3 and read the last verse. It's not in my, my notes, but you can do that. But I'm going to go one better. Let's go to the book of Romans in chapter 2. Look at Romans chapter 2. These people were claiming to be good Jewish people, and yet they were liars. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. And so as we take a look at this passage of Scripture um, in regards to the, the synagogue of Satan, look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 28 and 29. Very, it's a clear statement here that those who are of Christ are true Jewish people. And a Jew is not one who is outwardly, by biologics or by physical circumcision, you're going to find out that a true Jew in God's mind are those who will faithfully follow him. Look at that again, Romans in chapter 2, as I struggle to find it, and you've all found it. Here it is. Verse 28 and 29, the last two verses. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor a circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is inwardly, and the circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Did you know the Bible says when a man or a woman is circumcised of heart? You know, from a biological standpoint, women cannot be circumcised, and therefore that wouldn't fit. But men and women can be circumcised in the heart. The circumcision made without hands by Jesus Christ is in the waters of immersion, where that old man is circumcised out of your life. Literally a bloody operation of removing that old, selfish, sinful person through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because what's the only thing that can wash away our sins? Can only destroy the old man is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Washes us away. We're buried with him, raised up with him to walk in the newness of life. There is when a person becomes a true man or woman of God. True Israel. 
Should we be praying for physical Israel right now? Absolutely, positively. Is physical Israel still in God's mind his precious, precious gem? Absolutely, that's what it says in the book of Romans. But it's those who will come the full way and not follow Moses, but follow Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to do. So now where's the synagogue of Satan? Synagogue is a teaching area. Satan is the one who's the father of lies. Anyone who's telling lies instead of the truth. Where's the synagogue of Satan? Could it be in the church? Could it be in the government? Could it be? It could be and is everywhere. Okay. So it's important for us to recognize that. Now let's close with this last part. This is the, the best part. Jesus says, I promise you. Let's go back to the book of Revelation in chapter 3. I don't know about you about love and promises, but I remember when my grandma would promise something. Not on my dad's side, on my mom's side. Whenever my, my grandma, Way would, grandma May would promise something, I knew it was always going to happen. Always. You call her on the telephone. Grandma, can I come over and, and spend the day with you after church? She goes, oh, that would be great. Can I also have your chocolate chip cookies? And guess what? Man. She made the best chocolate chip cookies. And so when she said she was going to do it, guess what was always, always, always there? That's chocolate chip cookies. Now, Jesus is much better than my grandma made. Because when he makes a promise, he will deliver and his promises are eternally amazing. Better than chocolate chip cookies. So let's take a look here. In this last section, take a look at verse 10 and following. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. He's talking about there's going to be an, a worldwide crush, a worldwide trial and tribulation. Now, it's not that he's going to deliver us out of that tribulation. That's not what that word kept means there. I looked it up. The word kept, the word kept means kept under guard, not allowing to escape steadfast in keeping God's word. In other words, he's going to give you everything that you need to stand firm in the face of horrific persecution and trial. He's going to keep you. He's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. You will be able to stand, but only if you stand as the Christians in the city of Philadelphia on God's word doing his will. Now's the time really to get serious then about understanding God's will and proving it by doing it. And then when the tough times come, you'll know the answers. Where do I go? And you'll be close-knit with those who love the Word of God, and they will help you, and they will encourage you. That's why the family of God is so important to draw closer together, to grow together and encourage and invest your giftedness. I will keep you from that terrible, terrible hour. I will be a guard to you, keeping you from loss of your salvation, giving you strength to continue to persevere. There's lots of scriptures there because we're just about out of time. But I love what he says he's going to do for us. 
Take a look at verse 12. Are you more than are you more than a conqueror? Are you more than an overcomer? Have you de- have you the decisive victory in Christ right now? Are you growing in that faith and understanding? Notice he says, I'm coming, or he says, uh, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not uh, go out from it anymore. Brother, did you know the Bible says in Timothy that the church is the pillar and the support of truth? But is it possible for you to be tempted away? Is it possible for you to choose, no, I am done, I'm sick and tired of this pressure, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to save my skin. Is it possible to do that? Well, of course it's possible. The Bible teaches that all over the place. Brethren, I don't know about you, but how many preachers in the Bible, you might know some who are still alive, in the Bible, how many preachers have you seen in the Bible like the great preacher Solomon, who started really well, really strong, and then he what? He did not make it into the, the faithful Hall of Fame. He's not listed there. Why? Because the world got him and pulled him away. You know what? When you make it, you're going to be a pillar in the temple of the living God and you will never leave. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm sick and tired of this place. Everywhere I turn, it's just gross. Well, you know why I like coming out and hanging with you guys? Because it's not... It's it's wonderful, it's sweet, it's encouraging. But man in the world, man, people are slicing and dicing. So it's important for us to recognize that we will be with him forever and we will be serving him as he has equipped us to serve. But then I love this last part. Names are magical, by the way. Remember somebody's name and it's a magical thing. It opens their heart. And so he says here, and he will not go out from it anymore, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. He says, don't forget that new name I'm going to give you. Okay? I don't know about you, but when someone says your name, isn't it wonderful when they say, man, I love that person. I love, she's so sweet. She's so amazing. She's so awesome. He's so amazing. He's so consistent. He's so thoughtful. He's so, don't you love that? When your name has that behind it? Well, your name is Christian right now. And you're going to continue to be the fully glorified son or daughter of God when you get to heaven. And again, you're going to be recognized individually for the service that you give to the great King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you listen, if you read my email this morning to everybody, I know some do, some don't, but I love thinking about it. How much Jesus loves me and us and wants so much for you to make it to heaven. And when he looks down at you and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Eyeball to eyeball, individually, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. 
Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because you loved me in your life there, and I'm going to love you forever in your life here. But it's got to start right now. The church in Philadelphia was loving God and living according to the standard of his word. Because remember, in closing, what Jesus said, if you love me, you will... I had a little whisper there. Let's do it all together. Jesus said, if you love me, now notice, love's the motivation, not law, not have to, but I want to, I can't wait to. Okay? Jesus said, if you love me, you will... Let's try that again. If you love me, you will... Okay. Okay, we'll work on that one. We got all of 2024. Brethren, my prayer. We're going to finish up next week. And I hope that you can make it next week. Um, next week's going to be a rough one. It's the church in the United States of America. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Laodicea. But when you read the church in Laodicea, you're going to go... That really kind of looks like the church in America. I think you'll see that. Of all the churches, I thought Sardis was the worst. Not. Laodicea. And so, I hope you come back next week. And you're going, well, why would I want to come back next week? So you know what not to be. There you go. And you can examine yourself and go, okay, i got to get rid of that thing. I don't want to be like them. It's okay to do that when you're using God's word as the standard. Because he's always calling you to what standard? To his standard. Of being that amazing, perfect man or woman. Let's close it. Thank you, Holy Father, for the rich blessing of your word. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful church. The church of, at Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Love. It means love. Brotherly love. Father, what a beautiful statement. This church was living as churches ought to live. Striving in a love for you to keep the word of God. Not by their own strength, but by the strength that you would give to them. So that they could bear the name Christ and live it out uh, by way of word or deed. Father, help us to be like them. Help us to be ones who draw other people to this wonderful, beautiful standard. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. What did Jesus say to you? He said to... Go. All right. Jump up. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. All right, let's get excited.